I, I've been serving God for a long, long time. A long time. But you know, there's so much more of God that I haven't even experienced. Never stop pursuing more of Him. And I'll tell you this, if you ever stop pursuing more of Him, you're missing out. You're missing out. Remember we talked about at the beginning of the school year, don't be a phony. I, you know, I took that text out of James 2.17, but I, Cameron came in my office last week and he read that, and I had really never caught where it said, if you see me cold or hungry, but just say, be warm, be fed, God bless you, and never give a cup of soup or a coat, what good's your faith? Let's put faith in action, guys. You know, I'm talking about be love. Being love would be somebody who wants to make sure that somebody has a coat so they're not cold. Amen? This is kind of like the foundation scriptures we're using about being love. You know, the Bible says if you don't know how to love, then you don't know God. Because God is love. And, you know, if we're striving to be like our Father, then we should be love. Amen? Um, you know, last week I cast a vision about, of course, the, you know, taking the clothes out. And we also talked about the building of the beds for kids that don't have beds. Somebody said something? Is that? I don't know what that was. Is it my video? Oh, don't play that yet. Oh, it must have been a God thing then, Izzy. Um, last Sunday night, you know, I shared about making the beds. It's a wooden bed frame with a mattress, and then we'll provide linens too. Um, we're going to put one of those together over the next month in February, and we're actually going to begin that ministry in, Fe or in March. Okay? So we're going to get one put together so you guys can see it, and also we'll take it down to the main building, let everybody see it. But something uh, amazing happened um, Sunday night after I shared that. Somebody came up and said that they would donate the material to make um, quilts and actually maybe get some of the young ladies to help make those with her. So it's, a, it's not just a, a one-way thing, but we can involve many people you know, Steve said this this morning. It was another church. We went with them. Um, you know, the more you worship God, the more you want to serve people because that's what he's about. Think about it. He didn't die for, you know, nobody but people. It was all about people, his family. That's who he died for. It's you and me, Sam. That's who he died for. Next slide. And this one just shows, let's be love. It's a life of giving. Who, does anybody know who wrote Proverbs? Does anybody? It's, it's not a trick question. Who was it? Gunner? Solomon? No, you said it. Your voice is distinctive. Who said it? Who wrote it? Okay. No. 
Who was he writing it to? Do you guys know that? People, but specifically, verse 20 tells you who he's writing to. Children. So he's, he's addressing young people, right? If you look at it, he's addressing young people. So think about this. He's giving some very um, detailed information. And he's telling this generation to pay attention to all that he has to say. You know, sometimes in the scriptures we want to pick things out, Sam, and say, this is what I believe. When you've got to read the whole thing, not just a piece of it. Think about this. And everything he's saying, he's wanting to protect them. He's wanting them to be protected. First thing he says is to fill your thoughts with his words. How many of you had a prophetic word ever spoken over your life? How many of you can tell me what that prophetic word is? A few of you? Okay. If you don't keep that in your mind, then guess what? The enemy's coming and stealing it. There's life in that prophetic word, but you've got to fill your thoughts with that word. It has to be something you're rehearsing all the time. Solomon said this. Think about this. And he said there was a reward for it because he said they release life and radiant health. The prophetic word that is attached to you is life, but it also releases a lot of health for you. Amen? The next verse, 23 This is a big one, guys. He says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. How many of you have ever had your heart broken? Yeah. What happens when you get your heart broken? It hurts. Laren says you cry. What was that? You don't want to let anything back in. What else? No trust? Anybody else? You get your heart broke, what happens? Yeah, depression tries to come into your life. Everything under the sun in a heartbreak will come and attack you. And the Bible clearly says in this chapter, Solomon's saying, guard it. Guard it, guys. Because you may tell you what the enemy's trying to do when your heart gets broken. He's trying to separate you from the one who has your heart. You know, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to literally separate you from the one who has your heart. The next one, verse 24. Avoid dishonest talk and cuss words. <laughs> have you ever been around somebody and think about this you ever been around somebody and all of a sudden you just feel like they're lying yeah doesn't T-Dud who said T-Dud Israel now wait a minute have you ever been around somebody and you know they're starting to tell a lie 
Do you realize you become a part of the lie if you stay there with them talking and you're just as guilty of it? Yeah. Best thing to do is to separate yourself from the person. Let me tell you this. You think it's okay to unfriend somebody on social media? Yeah. Man, if, if I, there's somebody on, on social media that did all these political posts, I was like, uh, sorry, no friends. And I, there's people that maybe you have to distance yourself from just because of their talk. You know? Um, you guys know Joey Bear? Hey, man, you're crazy. Hey, you're crazy. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Joey Bear. Joey Bear was a snot-nosed kid who used to walk the streets of Ironton. I picked him up and brought him to church. First time I ever brought him to church, he's like, man, there's some good-looking women up here. All right. Then, Then Pastor Gardner was preaching, he came off the platform, and Joey was sitting on the end of the pew, and Pastor Gardner came over and was standing right there by him, and Pastor Gardner was known whenever he got really excited and was preaching, he would literally spit. Well, he was standing there by Joey, and he was real excited, and he's preaching, well, he spit. It hit Joey right in the cheek, and he goes, he looks up at him, and he goes, are you crazy? You just spit on me. (laughs) Right in the middle of his message, okay? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what's Joey doing? Then <clears throat> Pastor Gardner kind of, you know, it was one, okay, I'm going to get you back, buddy. So he took his, Joey used to wear his hair spiked. And it was just like, you know, don't touch my hair. It's perfect, all right? Pastor Gardner put his hand right on top of his head. And get, Joey looks up at him again and said, are you crazy? Don't mess my hair up. And Pastor Gardner just took his hand like that all over I was surprised. I'm going to be very honest with you and transparent. I was surprised Joey didn't cuss him because Joey's mouth at that time was not very nice. And there was a time Joey came walking up the street and I was sitting on the porch and I was getting ready to go to church and I was actually waiting on him to come so we could take off. And as he's walking up the street, God spoke to me and said, you can't take him tonight. You need to tell him. And I was like, devil, I rebuke you. You know, you know you're not wanting me to take this young man to church. And God spoke to me again and said, it's not the enemy, it's me. I have a plan. So he got up there and I said, Joey, I can't take you to church tonight. And he said, okay. He said, no problem. Later that week is when Joey gave his heart to Christ and got filled with the Holy Ghost at my house. Joey was coming for the wrong reason, but God needed him to be separated so that he could find the right reason. Sometimes separating yourself from the wrong influences is the best thing you can do in your life. And I, I had been around Joey for a long time. I mean, I used to get him out of all kinds of crazy things. Um, I won't tell his testimony. He has to tell it sometime to you. Crazy stuff. But it's okay sometimes to allow yourself to separate so that you can guard your heart. 
And the last thing that he begins to say is to set your gaze on the path before you with a fixed purpose. Amen? There has to be a discipline within you to carve out time to be with Christ. Amen? Um, You know, you can get so caught up in what you have to do that you forget about who you're supposed to be. And you'll never know who you're supposed to be outside of presence of him. And we can get so caught up in doing church that we even miss out on knowing him. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was at Monday Night Prayer, and God spoke to me and says, we really know how to do church, but a lot of us don't know Jesus. You know, uh, I told Kendra this the other night, and we were talking. We had listened to this together, and I said, you know, my, my heart has never been to be an amazing pastor. To be honest with you, I, I'm really not what you would call a pastor, um, in a sense. That's not really the office I hold, if you look at the terms. Um, but that's never been my goal. My goal was just to be a faithful son to my father, the one who redeemed me, the one who gave me life. That's always been my goal. You know, there was a time in my life when I found my identity in youth ministry. And it was probably one of the hardest times of my life when I wasn't doing that for a because I didn't know who I was. And that's how the enemy will get to you also. He'll allow you to base your identity on what you do. And then when you don't do it, you're lost. Think about this, though. We're talking about guarding your heart. If, if you're never saying yes to the right thing, you're going to be saying yes to the wrong thing. But if you say yes to the right thing, you will say no to the wrong thing. Amen? Let me ask you one question based on the scripture. Izzy, can you bring the lights up so I can read this one? It's in Revelations chapter 2. It's verse 4. It says, But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Let me ask you this. When you first received Christ as your Savior and you gave everything you are to Him, was there more passion in you at that time than there is right now in your life? Think about that for a minute. Is there more passion in you right now than from the very first time you experienced God? There should be. But if there's not, you need to get back to your first love, guys. You need to get back to your first love. And I want you to ask yourself this question. When I first received God, was I more passionate about him than I am right now? 
And, you know, there's no judgment here tonight, and there's no shame. It's just being okay with looking at yourself and saying, God, I need to come back to you, my first love. You know, I love my wife. We've been married 31 years. The kinder knows this. When I'm away with God, or I'm reading, and I'm just enjoying my father, she knows that, hey, I, I can't interrupt him. He has to be with his father so that he can be the best husband for me. And it's the same thing with her. You know, if I'll come downstairs in the morning and I hear music upstairs and I hear her shouting and I can hear the footsteps on the floor where she's up there dancing. I don't go up and interrupt her because I know that that time with her father is making her the best wife for me. But that time that we spend with God is also making us the best for you. Is there more passion right now in your life for God than there was from the beginning? Or was there more passion then than there is now? If the answer to that question is there was more passion back then, come back to your first love tonight. Come back to your first love. Come back to your first love, guys. You know, this coming week, you have a choice. You have a choice this week to where you can make a decision, the right decision, to be with him, or you can decide not to. And if you decide not to, you can't blame him when things don't work out that week because you're the one that made the choice not to be with him so that he could give you his character to be able to face whatever's coming to you. But if you choose to be with him, watch how much victory you walk from, from being with him. Amen.